This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. You had a big birthday at the weekend. I did. Finally got to 21. Finally. After Whoa! All- <laughs> well, and 50. I got to 50 as well. 21 <laughs> and 29. Yeah. <laughs> That's 50. So, yes, I had my 50th, and um, it was actually really fun, and I didn't think it would be. And you went down to Gisborne? Yeah, went to Gisborne to my cousin's place, and we spent the day uh, docking their lambs, and uh, then we um, went inside and had a feast and a party where the children entertained us with songs and dancing, and it was absolutely outstanding. Best birthday ever. That sounds like a good 50th. It was. And who are we introducing today? Today it is my great pleasure to introduce the very talented Mr Andy Thompson. Andy is the Centre Manager at Hillary Outdoors on Great Barrier Island. He is a photographer who produces some stunning work and he's an industry consultant in the outdoors um, and a generally, generally good guy actually. Really nice to have you here today Andy, thanks for joining us. Kia ora, thank you so much for having me along, what a lovely surprise. Welcome back, Andy. Where, so where are you now, Andy? Uh, so at the moment, um, Aotea Great Barrier Island, which is um, the sixth biggest island for Aotearoa and Te Wapanamu and all the rest of the island. So um, uh, we're sitting out about 100 k's out from uh, good old Auckland. So uh, we're in level three as well because we happen to be um, in the Auckland District Council, lucky us. So even though you're offshore and too far away for there to be essential people commuting, you're still level three? Yes. Yes, we're level three. We do whatever Auckland uh, does. Although, um, actually, the, um, the, the board um, for Great Barrier Island and also um, Waiheke um, have now ring-fenced um, the two islands that um, uh, when uh, in level three, um, anybody from Auckland can't um, they can only travel here if it's a place of residence, but they can't sail over or come over to their holiday home or anything like that. So there was a huge concern around um, if COVID um, happened to come onto the island, um, which one day it will. Um, but for now, we um, the island hasn't got any resource to deal with an outbreak. It would be catastrophic for the island. Um, and same for Waiheke as well. So, um, yeah, 
they've got that um, all, all ring fenced at the moment, which we were hoping to get to phase three of their level three roadmap of the government. And then hopefully hospitality was going to open and then we can actually invite some of our clients to come back. Uh, but now that's kiboshed. Um, so we're desperately waiting for level two. Yippee. So despite having several geography degrees, I know nothing about Great Barrier Island. <laughs> So Great, Great Barrier place. Island 101, off you go. Yeah, well, I mean, Great Barrier Island, or Aotea, as I commonly more refer to, um, uh, was um, an island that was actually, um, well, I mean, Māori was here way before, obviously, um, any European, but um, Cook um, didn't land on the island, but he named it there. Um, and, of course, um, uh, there's um, he named it Great Barrier because it's, it, it kind of creates a barrier, sort of, uh, in between um, uh, Auckland and the actual thing. I mean, anything east from here, um, you're heading to Chile. So there's a lot of ocean in between here um, and the east. And so the west, and it's kind of weird because I spent most of my life in Otupoti, Dunedin, which is so good to see you guys. I really miss <laughs> you guys. Um, so... Um, uh, and of course, uh, I love the East Coast and I love waking up to sunrises and it's taken me a little while to kind of get used to the fact that I'm looking west and I'm always expecting a, a sunrise, but I always get a sunset, <laughs> um, which is a bit topsy-turvy. Um, and, and so, but it's odd because when you think about Great Barrier Island and when you're on there, you are looking towards the east of the North Island. And so you're on the west of the east, or the east of the west. You can get quite confused, really. Um, but we, we have a beautiful view out to um, uh, Tiho uh, Turu o Tui, which is Little Barrier Island, which is uh, a, a sanctuary for some amazing animals there. So, um, and that sits in between as well. Uh, the population of the islands are around about 1,000, give or take a few, I presume. Uh, so it's not very big. Um, and... Um, it takes uh, 30 minutes by plane to get here. So it's actually really easy to get here. Like you can fly from Otipoti Dunedin um, up, up to Tamaki and then uh, uh, across. You land at a place called Claris, I call the International Airport, um, and um, takes 30 minutes. It's, it's super easy. And then if you're going to take a ferry, um, which there's a car ferry that come across, then that takes four and a half hours. So that's a bit of a chugger. Um, and you'll land in the southern part of the island, which is Trifina. I live up in the northwestern part of the island, which is in Waikaraka Bay. It's a, it's a very beautiful part of um, the whole Aotearoa. And how big is it? I'm imagining something about the size of the peninsula. Mm, that's a really good question. I haven't got the, the stats. I'll have to go look it up. But, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's the sixth biggest island for um, New Zealand. So to kind of give you an idea, Rakiora. Uh, you've got Tiwa Panamu and then, of course, um, uh, the North Island. Um, and so um, it's it sits in the sixth biggest island. I'm sure you could kind of Google that really quickly, but uh, it's... Uh, 285 square kilometres. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I know you was, it wasn't huge numbers, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Mount Hobson so, is 627 mm. metres above sea level. That's the highest Yeah, point. that's... Yeah, that's right, Harakimata. So um, that's the highest mountain here, which is not very high. Um, my ski field um, is on hold at the moment to open this, and my mountaineering club is a little bit lean on on members, but maybe I'll still I'll try and build it up. 
But that's not that's not flat. No, no, anything not. Actually, um, there, there's kind of a one main road that goes through the whole island, and that uh, goes from kind of Fitzroy, um, does a big curve um, down to Claris, and then right down to Trifina. That's probably the the main road, and that used to be gravel, but now it's tar seal. It's a re- it's actually a pretty good road. Um, and then there's side roads going off to different places, um, but uh, very simple, pretty easy island to kind of get around, really. But everything is hilly. Like, there is not many flat places. And when you drive, you're lucky to get at, like, there's probably two places I can think of that you might get to 80Ks, but predominantly the driving is windy. Um, you're probably going around about 50Ks an hour or less. <laughs> So I want to hear about what you're doing there, but first, let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Magic Line by Stella. Why this one? Um, So I chose this one because um, it's off an album that my daughter, when she was really, really young, loved it. And then I fell in love with it, and I ended up probably hocking the CD that they had. And I like every every song. And the cool thing is, is that... Um, it's uh, Big Ronga's sister that's playing, that's the lead singer on this. She's got a beautiful voice. Uh, so, um, yeah, this, the, the music still resonates. Uh, I think it still lives on, and it's great. It's good Kiwi music. Pray for the magic line. You're praying all the time. What you have will get you by. It's conditioned in the skin. It does get in So how do you begin? Because you can't hold that against me You can't hold that against me If there's something you can make From the tiny steps you take
So, Andy, what are you doing on Aotea Great Barrier Island? In the first lockdown, you were here. You were do- doing portraits <laughs> on the porch. You took a picture of I us know. on our back garden. Well, actually, you'll be um, hopefully uh, pleased to know uh, that I started that up while I've been up here again in lockdown, and um, and I've put an ebook together on the whole thing. So, um, so the portraits in a porch has lived on. And um, originally, I, I'll get back to your original question. But my, my what I've done is um, when I was uh, down south, I was uh, looking at doing um, uh, uh, p- producing a book from it, and also um, I was going to do. Um, uh, some exhibitions in town, and I was going to get the public to interact with it as well, so create more stories and more visual as well. Um, they were going to take snaps of their photos and put their stories in. Um, and so Portraits on a, por- a Porch is about reaching out to the community, connecting people, um, and also listening to the stories that people have um, when they're experiencing lockdown. And so then I took this job on, um, because I was at the end of the, my three years of comment, um, uh running the student village, Te Pato Era, and, uh, and decided that um, we were going to go overseas to go cycling over at Norway and Europe and go see my wife's uh, parents, but that was kiboshed. Um, so we thought this would be our overseas working holiday. So um, so we took on a job uh, which was on offer, which I, I took the job as senior manager for Hillary Outdoors, which is a... Uh, um, an outdoor education centre. Um, it's one of two centres for Hillary Outdoors. Uh, one's at Tafatakuri, which is just out of Turangi. Uh, so it's Tongariro Centre. And then, um, and this one, which was established in 2006 on Aotea Great Barrier Island. Uh, so that's um, a second outdoor education centre where predominantly our clients are secondary school students. Uh, so we run uh, five weeks, we run one week, we run three weeks type programs. And ultimately, it's about helping youth find their own potential. And also, it's about connecting youth to nature. It's about closing that gap in between, uh, you know, where they're at with um, influences from social media um, and um, and also the, the busyness and the madness of life. Um, and also, yeah, so so it's about connecting them with um, and getting them closer to nature and um, helping them kind of find their own potential in their leadership uh, and also um, to develop those relationships with each other in, in a total different setting, which is really cool. So it is outdoor education, uh, but it's using that medium. And I, you know, it's interesting because now we're facing a huge issue with uh, with mental health, um, with anxiety, with social st- stresses and pressures. And, and outdoor education cannot be more important than ever for society now. In fact, if anything, you know, we're at the we're at the coal face of dealing with people that are that are troubled, have anxiety, um, social media on their back doorstep where they've got their phones attached and things like that. So this this in some ways is a is a is a restarter for young people, and it's also a way to plant a really cool seed uh, with young people um, to be able to kind of connect and also go back into the community. And sometimes you don't reap the benefits straight away. Sometimes it might be a year later or a couple of years later. But it's a, it's a really powerful medium to kind of be working with. So I have a I have a small staff that I work with, um, and um, and we also partner up with. Uh, the, the place that we live, which is Arama, 
and they have uh, they have um, accommodation here. So we don't own accommodation. We kind of get built and use their accommodation, which is great. Lovely people, uh, and um, and so students come here. They either fly or they come across on the ferry across from uh, Auckland. And so it's that's what I do. I manage. And it's like you you had them out kayaking and climbing and all those yeah. sorts of things. Yeah, so so we take we take him. I mean, we have a program where, you know, I do a a a, a kind of informal fakato. I've I've checked it out with local iwi and made sure that it's appropriate. So I settle the water of of people coming onto the island and welcome them appropriately. And then um and then we uh, basically, if it's a week program, then we'll be kind of taking them out onto because we're a marine centre, so we'll get them out on Moana, get them out on the, on, on the ocean as much as we can. Uh, but that's not always possible with the weather here. We get, you know, can get some fierce winds, so we take them into the bush. And I mean, Aotea is amazing because it has quite a diverse history in regards to um, European and Maori. And so um, we want to celebrate or learn from both. Uh, that's really, really important. And so, you know, some of the European influences over here, um, of course, on the deforestation of Kauri uh, has been really significant. And so, um, you know, uh, it's from a generation that just had very narrow vision and just didn't couldn't see. So, um, so the cool thing is the Department of Conservation has a real stronghold over this place. And so there's lots of work to reforest and also make sure that we kind of minimize carry die bike. I mean the forest the forest needs to replenish itself and it'll take it'll take years and years and years. And and we as part of that ecosystem need to contribute a, a regenerative approach in regards to letting that forest recoup itself. Um, and we're only part of that small, small journey. Uh, well that big journey for a forest, but we're a small part of that um, of that big journey. So that's that's what we do with our students. Um, we take them climbing, uh, we take them out on the on the on the ocean, and we get them out sea kayaking. Take them coasting. Um, we often um, the biggest thing for some young people is putting their heads in the water and seeing fish, you know, for the first time. It's just uh, it's it's radical when they kind of stick their head under this like fish around. As marine life is here is amazing. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's really cool to take young people out and and give them a mask and snorkel and the afternoon spent swimming around looking at fish and it's sometimes it's just blows people away you know it's a great experience but it's also about interpreting that a little bit it's about facilitating what that experience is it's not it's not it's not about using the outdoors as a gymnasium it's actually about integrating that that understanding and how it relates back to the self and, and where do they sit with it. So that's that's part of my staff's job is to facilitate those sorts of conversations. And Jo found in her master's that it was really important to actually connect that that sense of place, that sense of self and well-being to action. How do you, how do you get them to take it and do something with it? Well, you know... Um, uh, you know, these, this sorts of game, the, the longer you can spend time with people, the more chance you have of getting those sorts of results. One of our challenges is, um, and, and who doesn't have challenges, but our, one of the big things is the shorter the program, the less impact we're going to have. And so five-day program is really short, but you can still have a very powerful um, impact on that person that they won't forget. Um, and often to kind of get, people to connect i'm not so interested in them i'd like them to be connected here to aotea 
but I know they're going to go back into their communities and go back to their lives and their social media and their phones and blah blah blah. And so one of the one of the longer programs that we have here, like the five week programs and the three week programs, that's where we can have even more influence on people where that that the, the conversations can be around strategically talking to people about what they can do when they go back into the communities and what they're going to do. And like I said earlier in the piece, it's it's also about planting a really deep seed in people. It's actually planting, um, you know, uh, the possibility and that hope that they, that they can actually do something and, and change their lives. And when young people um, get the seed inside them, it's quite amazing when that germinates. And sometimes, unfortunately, um, we don't see that for some time because it's it's got to take its time when people are ready for that to germinate. But uh, I have an indefatigable faith that um, the planting of the seed of that in that people is is uh, continually successful. So you know we don't see the immediate results of people making that connection with self in place, uh, but um, we are in the process of kind of figuring out better ways for us to collect those stories. And and then we cultivate those stories to to kind of understand where the successes are. Um, and uh, uh, and that's kind of the key thing. And, and they do come back. I've been in this game for 33 years, teaching outdoor education and a range of other jobs. And I've had lots of people come back to me that have gone through being taught in outdoor education, having those experiences, but years later coming back and going, that was such a big impact on my life. Now look what I'm doing. I'm doing this and blah, 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 blah. So so those are the sorts of stories that we need to learn to collect a lot better than we are now. But yeah, that's when it all happens, really. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, Happy stay, superstar, your beloved universes. Really hope you are, whatever's happening in this journey, and together, very sustaining and illuminating each day. Who you are, nature's art, unique things better. Now, as you all know, nearly two years now, this global pandemic to get and for this time we've had to learn so much about who we are bc change and i know for all of us it's very tiring so it's so important that we do everything to care for ourselves and each other and be kind compassionate to feel proud of how well we're doing facing something that is so new it's so important that we allow ourselves to focus on other aspects of our life brings us joy, what ignites our creativity and inspires, what allows us to feel love and to share love. Where we see beauty, where we find meaning, the power of our words, the power of our thoughts, and beyond that, our connection to all life in an infinite web alongside which we are and co-evolving. There's so much for us to appreciate and be grateful for every day, alongside our sense of grief, loss, for the life that we once knew. I had a wonderful time on Saturday emceeing the Volunteer Awards and it was just so, 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 so fun and so, 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 so uplifting and inspiring to see all the great work of these volunteers in Aote Something I really loved about it was that these awards were really about the people and even though we had to 
be socially distanced and wear our masks and use hand sanitizer and all these sorts of things. People were just so happy to be together in the same space and able to share their stories and their triumphs. What was really meaningful to them, what really motivated them. And I've, of course, really loved emceeing and being able to take off my mask when I was on stage and talk about all the things I love about us as a species, that we have the innate desire to nurture, that we have the innate desire to care for one another, have the innate skills to do this. And when we do, the best part of us, the inner nurturer, can come forward and we make the world of us better. So I know that for all of you, you will be doing this every day in lots and lots of different ways, some of which you will notice and recognise and others you will be unaware of. So it's so important that when people thank us, when people compliment us, that we accept that, that we listen to what they say, their observations about and the positive aspects of us that they can see, some can't see them ourselves. So I really hope for you, you're getting lots of encouragement and praise and you're feeling appreciated. I know that for me, as I restfully enjoy listening to this heavy rain outside, which is so beautiful, I have lovely Hastings here with me. I feel very lucky to have the connections that surround me, but also to be able to have time with myself. So I really hope for you today, you're getting a good mix of time in your internal universe and time in external universe. And these two are beautiful reflections of each other, just as you are a beautiful reflection. And I'll look forward again soon. Thanks so much. Kakiti. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Andy Thompson. Andy, our kids face an extraordinary number of challenges at the moment. So many complex things going on. If there was one thing you could fix in life, that would have the biggest impact on our kids, what would it be? Breathe. <laughs> Breathe. I, you know, um, when I ran uh, Te Era, the student hall in Otapote Dunedin, um, one thing I did observe is, is, um, is young people uh, being caught up with, um, uh, you know, influences of social media, Facebook, Instagram, those sorts of things. And getting very like lots of anxiety, um, and uh, and and I guess um, you know we need to we need to we need to help our our youth um, develop a level of resilience and understand that life is not fair. Life is not meant to be easy. Um, in fact, if it's easy, it's not the place to be. Um, and so so to understand that you have up days and down days. And that you have times when life gives you shitty cards and you have times when life is going well and you do make your own luck in this world. But to breathe when it's not going well, just hang on, breathe, sit down and and think about the support that are around you, who you can talk to um, and know that you can get through this. Um, and it's easier said than done. You know, it's it's a it's something that you have to learn, and we need to we need to help to teach our youth that that if you just sit down and just breathe, just stop. You know, there's this really cool story where um, uh, a, an old man and his and his grandson go work, walking into the into the forest, and they they get lost, 
and the young fella says to the old man, he says, what do we do? Like, this is, this is terrible. We're, we're going to get lost. What do we do? He starts panicking. And the old man says, we should just sit down. And the, the little guy says, we need to find our way out. And they go, sit down, sit down. And they sit down. And, and as they sit down, they wait for the pee walker to come round and flitting around. And then as they, they, they sit there quietly, they start breathing. And they also start observing and they start seeing. And eventually, they figure out where they are, where they should be, and where they should be going. And they figure out how to get themselves out. And, and that's probably... The, the one story that resonates, and I, I just wish young people would learn to do this, is to is to stop and 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 not be busy. Um, one of my banes is when people come up to me and say, I say, how's it going? And they say, oh, I'm really busy. And I go, well, I don't do busy. Busy doesn't doesn't resonate with me. I just I think if you're too busy, you, you don't want to talk to me. So so being too busy is not a good solution. We need to be. We need to create space. I think the, you know, I have this, uh, I can't find it anymore, but my beautiful daughter, the best thing I've seen with her was I took a photo of her and she was sitting in a box with swimming goggles on and the, the, the flaps of the box were out and she was pl- in an airplane and she was soaring through the air, you know. And I mean, that's the best fun that we could all have. We should all sit in a box and put swimming goggles on and play airplanes. Um. You, that's that's my biggest vice. Just breathe, sit, and and watch for the pee walker. When do we start teaching the kids that? How? What's the? If you had the power to say, right from now on, education system, this is what you will do. What does that look like? Uh, I think really early on. Um, you know, I I went through uh, a phase, um, and certainly with my family was young, um, where I was far too busy. And and you know I don't I don't ever uh, advocate to have regrets in your life, but I I regret being too busy. And um and early on in the stage, there needs to be time to just hang out and 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 support and know that people are loved. Um and so early on, you know, preschool all the way through, but also more so when you that rhymes also when you get into <laughs> secondary school, and um, parents are bombarded from schools. And, and, and young people want to do this sport and that sport and this sport. And the, the whole week is just so flat out. Where's the downtime? And, and people also, people need to be bored. Um, that's really important. Uh, and the reason is, is that when you're bored, you end up being creative. My mother, I'm sure everybody's heard this. Like when you said to your mother, I'm bored. And my mother would say, only boring people are bored. And so... What I, you know, what I learned from being bored is I became creative and I'm best when I, uh, I get really creative with my photography um, when I'm not busy. When I'm flat out busy and I haven't got a breath and I'm working from eight till six, my photography just takes a huge dive because I'm less creative. And so I need that time and creative people need that time to, to do nothing because out of nothing comes creativity out of nothing comes great ideas and so you need that and so you, so when people get into nca level one and two and three and the exams and the heater on we still need them to be bored we still need them to breathe and to stop and to and to understand that it's not the meaning of life to be honest you know the meaning of life is about um, connection to nature. The meaning of life is about social building those social relationships with other people. The meaning of life is about being creative. Um, the meaning of life is about 
um, not knowing everything, but knowing how you apply the knowledge that you have. And the meaning of life is to stay with an open heart and open mind to listen to other points of view and perspectives and not be judgmental. That was a long question, but long answer, sorry, but that's what I think anyway. <laughs> I have to tell you about the poster. Oh, you'll remember it, Andy, the poster in um, in customer services in the hub at the Tiger Polytech that says breathe yeah. or breathe in, breathe out. And I always want to write underneath <laughs> repeat. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> if you need instructions you at that fundamental level, repeat would be really helpful. So you were talking about <laughs> stopping and not being busy and a big and um and nothing. You've had a big lot of nothing in the last few weeks. Are you being yes. ridiculously creative? Well, I I am actually. I've just uh, well, it's it's an interesting question because um gosh i've I've lost count of what how many weeks were in lockdown um this is the longest lockdown i've done and it, it is really really hard you know it's quite interesting you you say you know uh saying earlier um maybe off show is that you know I, i'm living in a beautiful place it must be wonderful there's not too many people blah 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 well it's actually really hard um i found lockdown um very very hard this time um we uh um we're I have staff to manage and I give them structure. And there's a, there was an interesting article on national radio a little while ago about having too much time. So there's, it's, it's, it's never about getting that balance, but it's about um, having structure. And so I have to create my own structure at the moment, which is part of my responsibility, my job with my staff to create that structure for them. Otherwise people kind of um, wander too much. Um, but yes, I am being very creative. I've uh, finished the ebook. I'm just waiting for a friend of mine to edit it so I can publish it. Um, I've uh, redone my uh, CV into something very creative. And so that's been done. Um, I generally, and people are probably sick of me posting photos on Facebook, but I, I love sharing them and they can uh, choose to look at it or not. But I, 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 I just get excited about I am really obsessed about photography, but remember, photography is art, and and to me, it's it's about creating that moment and and painting with light. That's what photography is. It's painting with light, and so um, but and so I've just come up with another project, which is um, I'm going to do six portraits of my wife over the next week or so, and I want to do them black and white. Um, and I want to get her different moods. Um, so that's one of my challenges I've just created tonight. Um, and then another colleague walked in through getting, the lounge. So getting I, grumpier I as the week too. goes on. <laughs> probably. Yeah. yeah, probably. Camera will be in a fuss. Not again. So, so, yeah. yeah, I know. But it's, it, oh, she's very, uh, amazingly tolerable of me. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know anybody who would want to live with me, to be honest. But. <laughs> Joe's chosen to, and I'm incredibly fortunate for that. So, um, yeah, it, it, but but interestingly, uh, we've had a long lockdown. It's very hard. I find on Aotearoa, it's, um, I'm a very social person, and I find it very isolating here, and I've struggled with that. Um, over July, um, we we should have gone away to the for the island for the two weeks that we have in downtime, and I stayed here, and I wish I hadn't, because it was miserable weather, and and it was so isolating. I was the only one in the valley. Um, Joe was away for a few days in Auckland, and I found that incredibly hard. So, so actually, um, uh, you know, people say oh, it must be beautiful, and not many people. And but it's interesting. You're, it's your own perceptions. I, I mean, I'm a social creature, so I love being around people. So I miss, and I sincerely miss people in in Aotearoa, Dunedin. I miss you guys a lot. I, I know um, you're up at Fakatane, but 
uh, but 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 the but uh, but you know you have a connection with the south and um, and I really miss uh, the people down there absolutely. So yeah, it's uh, lots of time, um, but then I create my own structure as well. I have to. <laughs> the good thing is we can get out in the boat. <laughs> so that's good. We can go walkering. Let's Sorry. squeeze in the second of your music tracks. Let's have Eva Cassidy, Songbird. Why this one? Ah, this is, uh, yeah, you really want to turn up this volume on this one. Um, this, she uh, has passed away since. Um, she is just one of those people that can hit any note and makes things so tingle inside you. She's amazing. And also I chose this song because uh, it's not only one of my favorites, but when I pass away, this is my going out song. Um, so I've, I've selected three songs when I kind of go into the ground. And, uh, and if someone's around to listen to them, I hope so. Uh, but this is definitely my, um, my sending off song. It's my own personal song. So, uh, but she's amazing. She is just a beautiful, beautiful singer. level three you're on the water you've been out swimming yes <laughs> soon as we went to level three so we um so i developed and co- uh, coined um our swim group as the mycelials 
And uh, I don't know whether you've seen on social media, but I've created a new page, so the Mycelial Group. Um, and I don't know whether our listeners know what Mycelial is about, uh, Mycelia. So basically, it's, um, it's, the, it's the root connections between fungi underneath the, the soil, and it's, it's how trees talk to each other. Um, and, um, and it's a pretty cool thing. And it's, if, you're, if you're a Trekkie fan, you watch the latest Star Trek, it, uh, they have a, the mycelial um, is actually on that as well. So, um, so uh, I coined our group, the mycelials. And so we got in, we, we, we get in and, and go for a swim. Um, the temperature's a lot warmer than uh, <laughs> down where you're living, I have to say. But I still wear a wetsuit. It's, it's still brisk. It's like still blinking You're getting cold. soft. Um, I'm sorry, uh, but we're probably sitting around about 14, 15 degrees Celsius up here, whereas I know that you're swimming down around five or eight degrees down there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, we're going out swimming. Um, uh, and actually, interestingly, at the moment, I was, I was out walkering. Oh, no, I went out sea kayaking the other day, um, and there's uh, amazing um, uh, what are called selp which is an algae that's in our um, harbour at the moment. It's like it's like going through like soup. It's just insane. And you would call them jellyfish, but they're not really like jellyfish. They're actually closer to a human being in some ways. And so there's the jelly things that have these kind of weird things. I, I, put a, I put a post on my social media a little while ago. Um, they're quite amazing. So that's not that nice to swim through, but when it clears out, it'll be, it'll be nice. It's great. We go out in the harbour and swim out to the buoy and then we swim around the round of the next bay and then back but of course um uh the marine life is a little bit more vibrant up here or there's a lot more of it so hammerhead sharks um there's a lot of those up around so it's not uncommon to um see those i've seen quite a few of those in the water um bronze whalers i haven't seen one of those which i'm quite pleased and also marcos i'm quite pleased i haven't seen one of those as well we do have great whites which are probably more prevalent on the east coast of Aotea. um so there's lots of fish and then i mean lots of other fish that won't eat you but uh, and sharks are beautiful animals we 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 really have to do our best to look after those animals you know um, they're at the top of the predator range. Um, you know, you start killing out the, the top of the predator um, fish um, in the marine environment, and you just the the calamity that happens in the marine life is is um, is unspeakable. And I mean, you only have to take the um, the Antarctic cod or carp. Uh, uh, they have a range of names for that fish. And New Zealand in the 1990s sanctioned um, the the harvest of 50% of the population. Well, when I first went to Antarctica, um, they were studying, and they were called Antarctic cod at those days. Um, and now they've become a um, a delicacy overseas in in foreign countries. But um, how ludicrous that today they still don't know enough about the fish, and it's one of the top predators in the Antarctic waters. So why the heck would you sanction? And the guy who actually did it, it was on on a documentary, and he he regretted doing it because they don't know enough about it. And so you start harvesting 50% of the population of Antarctic cod, the impact of that can be catastrophic of the marine life in uh, our last, basically our last frontier of the, of the planet Earth. So we need to, um, we need to have people active to, to try and counterbalance that and stop that. 
so anyway, you asked, <laughs> you asked me about swimming, and I got off to, got off on a tangent <laughs> about Antarctic cod. Um, but uh, but yeah, the marine life up here is is pretty amazing, and and we are swimming as much as we can. Yeah, are but I get using, out and see kayaks and the walkers as well. Are you using the time in lockdown to plan adventures, a circumnavigation of, yeah. of the island? Wow. So so when they were announcing the next level three, I was going to race off and go circumnavigate the island. And I figure I can, the record is under, is, is under 24 hours. And it's about, it's over 95 Ks to do. And you've got to have the weather on your side. I mean, it all sounds very achievable in my head, but, but you have a headwind and you're going nowhere. So, um, so when level three was being announced, um, initially on the government side, it said you can go camping. And so I was going to do it in three days because I haven't done enough paddling to kind of pull it off in one day. And then the next day there was no camping on the thing. So I can't go camping. So what I have come up with is I'm going to do all, I'm going to circumnavigate the island, but in sections. So I'm going to do it all, but in day trips, um, unless I wanted to do it all in one day, which, uh, you know, I haven't got. I kind of haven't got time to train up. I'd have to paddle 50Ks a day to get trained up for that. Um, so I'm going to do that. Um, and then I've got another uh, in mind. I'm going to cycle the length of the island, but do it in a, in a squiggly way. Um, so we'll go right down to the bottom of the island. Um, and I'm thinking I might do that return. So go for the high point of the island right down to the bottom. May sound easy, uh, but your height gain and your descent is the thing that slows you down a lot. So, and we'll probably take um, some of the tracks that you're allowed to mountain bike through the forest, which would be really cool. And uh, I think um, we'll probably try and add that into uh, an event over the evening. So, we're waiting for the full moon um, and make sure that we do it with a full moon, which would be pretty amazing. And of course, um, if people don't know, if listeners don't know, Aotea Great Barrier is. Um, one of two night sky sanctuaries. Uh, so um, when you get out in the evening and it's a clear night, oh, it blows your mind in regards to the stars because there's no light pollution here. It's just outstanding. It's beautiful. As often I, I kind of go out in the night and I will, we have to, we have a dog here and uh, Molly and she always has to go for an old girl pee in the, in, the, in the night. And so I go out and stare at the stars. It's just amazing. It's just beautiful. So yeah, so, uh, so that's an adventure. Um, um we um and then i've i i'm coming up with a couple more adventures um and some missions uh while we're in lockdown uh, you know stuff that we're allowed to do um but also adds to the spice of life i made sure that the, the staff we do um we do a couple of missions in a week so we we have lots of we have some maintenance jobs that we have to do but it just makes it's mind numbing for staff so twice a week we're getting out in the field and we're doing something in the field as well, which is quite nice as well. So it keeps people energised and engaged in, in kind of uh, the whole place really, which is cool. Yeah. I have some questions to end the show. You've had them before, uh, but I'm going to ask them again. We have to be quick because we're nearly Good. out of time. What is right. the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? <laughs> the biggest success is, um, I guess, finishing uh, working at Otago Polytechnic. Um, with the amazing people and um, and completing a, a, a nearly a 20-year service there with um, running an outdoor education program for 17 years and successfully running a, a student hall to Pato Era for three years, which I'd never, ever seen myself do. And now I'm here, and who knows where the next roadmap is going to take me. That's, there you go. We are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. What's your superpower? 
<laughs> oh, okay. well, well, I have two superpowers. One is one is that when I go to when I'm in a tent and I want to go for a pee, I could just pass that on to someone else, so then I don't have to get out of bed. <laughs> that would be a really cool superpower to have, but it's not doing good work, is it? I think um, I think good work would be my superpower would be uh, to be able to connect everybody that I meet as close to nature as possible, and to help un- people understand that. You know, the the world doesn't need us. We need the world. We need the environment, you know. So people need to understand that we're not the most important thing on the planet and that we need to look after our environment um, the best way we possibly can and for it to be regenerative. So do you consider yourself to be an activist? Oh, yeah, an activist, but a realist, you know, uh, as much as I possibly can, but I'm definitely an optimist. Um so yeah, I'm 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 active in my own way, and I think people need to find their way to be active, um, and uh, and to play their part. You know, um, we need a groundswell of people doing some good stuff and good work in the world, and uh, and that's the big thing. You know, don't uh, just think. You know, whatever you do, you think, oh, you know, don't get caught up in the law of commons. You're going to have to Google that because we don't have time to go into that. But you know, uh, what you do does make a difference. And conversations can change the world. So have positive conversations with people that are authentic. So, you know, get into, talk to people. Don't not talk to people and and do those good things. It does make a difference. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? (laughs) I probably have to go to the loo in the morning and my superpower's not working. Um, uh, What motivates me? I guess um, I'm excited about... um, my possibility and what I can do. I'm excited about what I can learn from people. I'm excited about um, uh, having a positive influence on other people. And I'm, uh, yeah, excited about what I can learn and what I can do with my life and my short time on the planet. It's, you, you have a choice. And so make a good choice and, and make the choice to do good things, you know, whatever you can do. I, I, one, bit, one little bit that's really important to me is, you know, don't not make a decision. Always always uh, uh, the, the worst thing the worst decision is a decision not made and so make a decision make a positive decision don't have regrets and then learn from it and be open to learn from your decisions so what's the biggest challenge you're looking forward to in the next year or two i guess um i guess where i'm going to end up from here um what i can do with um uh the uh the job that i can do while i'm here um uh, and also, I guess, um, I guess developing my own emotional intelligence so I can kind of be better for other people. Um, and also developing my photography. I'm learning every day with photography. I just love it because the photography is the difference between looking and seeing. You know, you look at things, but when you start to see things and you see things in a different way, it's pretty cool when you when you look at things in a different different light. And photography is a, is a creative artistic avenue for me to really sort of explore how I can express how I see things. And I, I love photographing people. For some reason, I seem to have cracked a few good bird shots lately, but I'm not a wildlife photographer. I don't count myself as that, but I love um, the interactions between people and land, which is really cool. And And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? (laughs) Oh, back to breathing. (laughs) (laughs) Breathe. Look, you know, uh, I guess the big thing is, um, you know, we're in the midst of COVID and it will come to a turn at some stage. Um, Remember... You know, people have short memories on polio. 
um, smallpox, um, uh, the Black Plague, I mean, all these things. Um, but what we need to do is remember the virus doesn't care what culture, what colour, what who you are. So, you know, we need to understand that and then we need to kind of do our best to manage it. So to hang in there and, and people that are doing the lockdown, especially up at, in the north, um, thank you so much for doing the great work that you're doing um, and, uh, and keep on it. We'll get there. Um, just hang in there. It's not easy. I know it's not. I've not found it easy, uh, but just, just hang in there. Thank you for that. Mawera. Andy, um, in these complex times with so many issues in between our kids' lives now and their futures, we need people like you who are role modelling such positive, wonderful thinking and enabling them to find the, their, their strengths and who they are. So thank you for the work that you do, you and your team. And, um, and keep up the great work. We appreciate you. <laughs> Kia ora. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We're going out to Jan and Dean, pocket full of rainbows. I don't worry whenever skies are grey above. I've got a pocket full of rainbows and a heart full of Listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Sammy Madden, so it's with Wera Karatai in Whakatani. And we've been joined by Andy Thompson on Aotea Great Barrier Island. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.